I'm Jason Barkley, and this is Precision Massage and Healing's podcast, Healing a Nation, episode four, Unchain. This is my favorite portion because it's the chains that we wear from our past, our pain, our self-abasement, our self-distrust that weighs us down more than anything and makes healing and wellness itself nigh impossible. Um, and with that in mind, one of my favorite stories is the story of the two monks in the river, which many of you have heard, uh, and with some slight twists of my own. So basically, one day, uh, much like the wall mural behind me, um, the sun was shining, you know, the birds were singing as these two monks walked through this uh, narrow dirt path on the forest. And they were having enlightened conversation, talking about world peace, um, how to help people become disease-free and everything. And finally, they come upon a river and they cross it without too much trouble. Um, but then out of nowhere, this beautiful bouncing blonde comes along and says, hey guys, can you help me cross this river? And the first one says, no, we are forbidden to carry possessions. And it's against everything we believe to touch the flesh as well. So we cannot carry you. And she goes, oh, okay. Huh. And the first one says, hey, don't worry. I'll carry The second one says, don't worry. I'll carry you across the river. And the first one just looks like aghast. Sets her down. She's like, thank you so much. She goes bouncing along. And then the two continue to walk down this path. But where there was once enlightened conversation and joy and happiness, there was now only hatred and anger. Not necessarily both ways, though. And this continues for miles and miles and miles until finally the first monk explodes and says, how dare you carry that woman across the river? to get to everything we believe to hold positions. The second monk just smiled and he said, I only carried her across the river. You've been the one to carry her for miles. I find that story incredibly powerful. Like the times where someone says something stupid to us, and we repeat it for hours and hours or it upset that people, other people can be insensitive to our weight and different things that we have wrong with us or so we believe to the point where we will lose it on others that bring it up or unfortunately decide to make fun of it. But in my experience, something cannot strike a nerve with us if we weren't already saying the same thing. And that's why it's important to realize that more often than not, we've become the ones holding ourselves down. There's a lot of uncertainties out in the world, especially these days where half of the country doesn't know what the truth is, and depending on what side of the aisle you are, will depend what side of the truth you think it is. Um... And again, that's not our fault. It's the fault of stress that we've become so cultish in our reasoning, that we've become so close-minded to the other aisle, and that we've become 
so extreme in our politics. And again, I do believe one side of the aisle is more extreme than the other, but it's more important to realize the own pain that we've been carrying, the own burdens that we've been carrying, um, and to be willing to let those burdens go. We, like my wife used to have a very tough time with stress, um, where way too often she would just be hard on herself to the point where she'd have a hard time progressing on a paper she'd be writing or study. Um, and what I tell her is, Hey, imagine you had a dishwasher working for you and they broke a dish and they felt so bad about that dish. They felt so bad for not being fast enough. They felt horrible as a worker. And they're on the floor crying, not able to do any more dishes. Would you as the boss want them to keep punishing themselves? Or would you want them to learn from what happened and try to improve, regardless if they break more dishes? Every boss is going to want more production, even if there's some collateral damage, as long as that person is willing to own it. Um, and I told her, you know, on the Clara Larry, what if you had another dishwasher who just broke 10 plates, 10 times more the damage than you just did, or than this, this employee just did. But they say, Hey, you know, I recognize what, what went wrong. I'm going to work on it. You're going to keep that one who broke more dishes, who didn't do as good of a job because you recognize that they're willing to work on it, that their stress is not going to be in their way. More often than not, someone who's not as talented will get a position just because they're more dependable or more stable. Because the person who may have more skills, their skills often work as a double-edged sword, which results in them spending more time beating themselves up and less time actually working and getting stuff done. Um... Like, I know one of the most amazing writers I've ever come across, but their own self, their own level of um, mastery that they depend on with every single written beautiful word is too high to be able to complete anything. And thus, as we learn to unchain, and each of the things that we're going to cover, which is quite a few, you know, we have to be willing to say, I don't need to be that dishwasher on the floor beating myself up. Myself up. I, I realize that it serves no one for me to be in pain, that I don't have to punish myself or yell at myself for mistakes I may have made in the past or for mistakes I fear I may make in the future. It helps no one. It serves no one. Um, and... I mean, I feel like this is the biggest part of the unchaining process of simply realizing that your sorrow, your fear, your doubts is not doing anyone a favor, you know, and just by willing to go through these following steps, build your center, um, like unchaining is the most important part of the wellness journey and is an entire industry known as therapy. Um, 
a lot of people will ask, I'd see a therapist, but I don't think that they would help. Um, and you know, it, it may take some time to find a therapist that works for you, that, that finds that right balance with it, with you, where you feel like you're making enough progress that you can feel good about the sessions, but not so much progress that you want, <laughs> that you're regressing. Um, but they're out there. But one thing to keep in mind is that we have, we as a society have a hard time judging the value of things. We think that the louder someone shouts, the more they believe in what they're saying. Um, we believe that the angrier we get, the freer we are. But the reverse is true. That the angrier someone is shouting, the least they understand. And the angrier we become, the easier it becomes to control us. Because all anyone else has to do is say something in line with what we're angry, and then we'll believe it. And you can test this out with your friends, that, um, especially that probably already believe things along um, your chain of thought. Um, especially in these highly divisive times, they're going to believe it. One side of the aisle, you'll hear them more often than not, they'll say something. And just because they said it, they now expect you to take that as evidence that they then use to make their next point. You'll often hear on one side of the aisle, like, um, this person did this and that and that, and that's how we know that blah is untrustworthy and blah, blah, blah. But the first thing they said was an opinion. Um, like we have to change how we understand speech. Like even if a friend says, hey, I just saw an accident. That's not evidence that there's an accident. We can believe that they have no reason to lie. But what if a friend had told them that there was an accident who was mistaken? Right? Like just because someone says something doesn't make it true. Just because something is repeated, like repetition of data doesn't make it true. Um, and, you know, I try not to bring this up, but that's part of untraining because, uh, easily believing negative data to be evidence is a chain because it changes to our anger and it triggers us over and over to real or imagined problems. And it's important for us to demand of our friends and of each other of real evidence. You know, like affidavits are cool, but they're basically someone asserting that something is true. Um, you know, like in a world of cameras, it's, it's almost impossible for someone or some security or someone to not have caught it. Um, like we have to get better about how we chase evidence and how we preserve it and demand it. But as far as this chapter of learning to unchain, um, you know, we have to also realize that this doesn't mean to engage in red flag dating. You know, when you go on a date, what's wrong with you instead of what's right with you? Um, and it doesn't mean to disconnect from people from the other side of the aisle, much the reverse. But if someone is consistently negative, antagonistic, angry, and just makes you feel like crap every time you talk to them, then I wouldn't say to cut ties with them forever, but at least put some distance so you can get some more health into your center and to get a little more stable yourself before you let them back into your life. And there's nothing wrong with telling someone like, hey, I wanna be friends with you, you know, you're a cool person, but I need you to be willing to work on your energy, on your positivity. Because if most of the things that's coming out of your mouth is negativity, that brings me down even if your intentions are good. It's just how energy works. Um, like it's possible for us to fight 
for truth, integrity, honesty, to be active and all that stuff from a place of peace. And we have to recognize that when our self-improvement or when our activism is from a place of fear and anger, then we are probably more likely than not going to add to our own problems, much like how when the Democrats do something out of stress or anger and they go a little too far, that ends up becoming a huge source of fuel for the other side. Um, and so here is a list of things um, from our article that can help to uh, unchain. And again, number number one is therapy. Um, and oh, and like I was talking before, people ask like, how much is therapy going to help? How much of this wellness activity is really going to help? And it's an interesting question because we're used to short-term solutions like coffee where we get instant results. Um, but that coffee makes increases inflammation. And uh, unfortunately, one thing that everyone out there has to understand is a term called homeostasis. It, all it means is our bodies fight to try to get back to normalcy. Um, and if we add a stimulus, our body will make changes to get back to even with that stimulus. So our energy may be here, and then we add caffeine to try and give ourselves a little more energy over time, our body's gonna say, hmm, we don't need to make so much energy. And what happens is that over time, our energy levels is gonna decrease. That's not the process of age. Most of the things that we assign with the process of aging is just, is actually stress. There's nothing in our bodies that tells us how, when to go through each part of the aging process. The one thing our body does seem to use though, to see how much time has gone is how much cortisol or stress we've faced. And that's why we have people who look 40, who are 40, but look 80 and vice versa. Um, and the thing with the wellness activities is they're all gentle. When you do them, you're not gonna feel, except for exercise, but getting there can be tough to the point where you're willing to move. Like, I love how Joe Rogan uh, says, um, and you know, again, I'm more of an independent leaning left, but I love how he says um, that if you can walk to your fridge, you can walk around the block. Um, and I mean, I, I have to disagree with that because there are levels of depression and anxiety where that fridge for, for that little bit of a dopamine release is the only thing getting you there. Whereas a walk doesn't really give as much of a dopamine release as sugar or ice cream would. Um, and we'll get to that at the end because that's another flaw in the design that dear God, but fight or flight is on one hand, fight or flight is what makes everything tougher to do. It's what gets in our way of our dreams, like a cinder block. The dopamine reward system in our body is, is the thing that makes it hard to enjoy anything. Those two symptoms are extremely tough to deal with especially in a quarantine where your options to deal with it are not that great. But I hope this can at least help a little bit, especially once we can start opening up again. Um, you know, like um, back to the, uh, oh, so each wellness activity, they may be gentle in their immediate effects, but they're long lasting. And what's kind of cool about them uh, in a nerdy kind of way is that each wellness activity, including therapy, helps make the other therapies um, more powerful. Uh, for example, drinking water is an important 
wellness th- uh, wellness activity. Uh, so much though, so that if if a client shows up to my practice to see me for a massage, and I currently hold a hundred percent success rate in helping clients overcome um, various pathologies they come to me with, from chronic pain, fibromyalgia, and so on. Um, because of the importance that I hold to the wellness activity. So if they come to me and they haven't, and I, and they're dehydrated, I'm going to have them reschedule because when we're dehydrated, especially for a massage, our muscles are not going to be as pliable. I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to use as much pressure. I'm not going to be able to make as much progress and the results are not going to last as long. So it's simply not worth it for that person. And that's how the wellness activities meet. They, they make all of the other wellness activities more possible. And dehydration um, basically is imagine if a friend asks you to help them move and um, there was dollies, you know, nearby that would make it easier, but they decided not to give it to you just because they weren't interesting enough. You'd be kind of pissed. It's the same thing for yourself because when you hydrate yourselves, it saves them a lot of uh, energy waste. Uh, and, and the, it's when someone is low on energy, um, it's hard to tell why you, there's a lot of things that will lead to it, like, uh, dehydration, um, processed diet, um, or beating, or, uh, beating yourself up. Um, but more often than not, more than anything else, it will be stress because a minute of stress is going to take as much energy as like an hour of CrossFit energy. Um, uh, but we'll get into that in a bit. But as far as things that you can do to help unchain, um, obviously massage is a really good one, especially when it's done well. Um, and hopefully we'll be opening up more and more franchises. Hopefully we'll be teaching more and more therapists because there is no reason that the massage world cannot remain highly profitable while at, you know, $80 an hour, $60 an hour, even being able to give people hot stone, essential oil massages. There's no reason. Um, but you know, that's for the future, but massage is an amazing therapy. Just being able to be touched, you know, is, is a huge therapy, um, in a safe and trusting environment. Um, you know, even if you've had hard experiences relating to touch, uh, a lot of massage therapists can do massage through clothing or through blankets. It's not as effective, but it's still a good therapy. Um, playing in nature, uh, can be a great way to unchain, especially like mountain biking or things that force you to focus on what you're doing to prevent injury. That's usually strong enough to, um, help to unplug your brain for a little bit. Um, you know, playing with pets, um, having fun with friends online. Um, and again, this is from our article that we have online that everyone's welcome to read. Um, Organizing your house, you know, like trying to put a little more order into it, trying to make your bed when you get up in the morning, just so that it's made and you feel a little more adulty. Um, uh, you know, anything that's having fun with online friends um, or friends in a safe manner during a pandemic, uh, anything that's ethical, really, that helps you pull your focus into the present. Again, like mountain biking um, or anything that is dangerous if you don't focus. Um, Decluding your areas, getting rid of um, extra storage, um, 
this is a tough one. Learning to learn who your true self is. That is not defined by fatness or negativity or disease or injury. It's not you. You know, I, you're not, you are not the person with a limp. You are not the person with fibro. You are not the person with turrets. You are not the person who loses it at the workplace. You have to disassociate that. That is not you. It's not. Um, the question of what defines us is a deep one and a philosophical one, but because some would argue that nothing defines us, but at the very least, I think most of us can accept that negative crap is not who we are. We weren't born like that. You know, we weren't, and even for the few people out there who were, who were born with a tough physical condition, you're not the person with cerebral palsy or, you know, whatever person might've been born with. That's not you. That's just the vehicle of your body that you happen to be, that happens to be yours, you know, whatever your beliefs are, whether you are your body or not, that's not you as a person. It doesn't define you. I mean, that alone can be hard to work out in therapy. That alone can be a hard milestone to reach. Um, but it's a very important one to get to. Um, you know, be willing to overcome stress itself. It does not serve you. It does not help you. It only gets you in your way. And the one place that researches things that it does help, like fighting and martial arts, actually, it doesn't help at all. Um, and as a second degree black belt, I can attest to that, that when I am stressed in the fight, I fight far worse. But when I'm able to keep my center and my grounding, I do a far better, um, far better job. Uh, of overcoming the opponent, you know, evading their attacks, getting them to the ground, and so on and so forth. Uh, give yourself the right to be well. Be willing to say, it's okay for me to be healthy. It's okay for me to climb. Um, inflammation is a huge one because of how much energy it takes. If you have a lot of inflammation and, you, and you, anyone can kind of test see how, how much inflammation you have, especially with your stomach and your, and your chest, if you press your fingers as an indent and then release, you'll see, depending on how much whiteness you see, um, like everyone should see a little bit because that's just a natural phenomenon when you press and let go. But, uh, and it's kind of hard to explain, but if you have a lot of pink or even red, um, then you probably have a lot of, you probably have at least an annoying amount of uh, inflammation in your system and overcoming it. It's not easy. Um, but basically overcoming it requires this wellness path of getting into more and more motion, eating less and less processed foods, sugars, working on your diet, drinking more water, um, and not wasting so much time on stress. It's kind of interesting because when we feel stress, it releases cortisol um, into our bloodstream and our cells literally feel our stress. And for a lot of people, some much more than others, our body will still release histamines, the same histamines it sends to fight wounds, infections, viruses, and so on. Um, but it'll also release histamines. Um, sometimes in areas um, that we send our stress to and massage therapists and massage therapy world especially has noticed that various people send stress to different areas. Um, for most people, it's their neck and back. Some people, it can literally be anywhere. 
Um, and thus the path of wellness is also akin to the path of overcoming an inflammation. Um, and it's something that's very worth checking out, like Googling various anti-inflammatory diets. Almonds are amazing, but a little pricey. Um, uh, like there's nothing wrong with Advil, you know, especially if your doctor recommends it. But don't let that be the end-all be-all. Um, uh, obviously, see your doctor to help treat any diseases or pains that you may think is permanent. Like no one should be having chronic pain. Um, and anyone that sees us, we can definitely help you with it. And hopefully soon we can get the massage therapy world, um, better than what they, it, we're, it's a very young profession. It's still, it's still growing. I mean, to me, any massage therapist that isn't using hot stones is like a mechanic, not using a wrench. You just, you want to heat up those muscle fibers. Um, so to make it easier, to make them more pliable, easier to, um, separate, manipulate and so on. Um, uh, another huge thing that we have, that we have, I hate the word half because it infers that we're not, but we do have to get better about our dopamine levels, which was a system which I believe was another flaw in the design that maybe works for animals, but does not belong with sentient species. Where our brains will reward us with do dopamine, the feel-good hormone, when we do something that's good. Um, but unfortunately, like you remember from homeostasis, if we start doing something that raises our dopamine levels, our body is going to say, oh, I don't need to produce as much, or it'll get an intolerance to it to equal out. And thus something we used to love to do. Like we used to love music or we used to love our loved one. It's, it's going to peter out. And unfortunately, things that release the most dopamine are the most unhealthy. Um, sugar, especially processed sugar, um, alcohol, video games, uh, so on and so forth. And again, those things are releasing this much dopamine. You know, that things that now release this much, eh, like going for a walk or exercising or reading a book, uh, it's just not going to feel worth it. But uh, that video game, uh, that's fun. It, well, it's kind of fun. Well, it's not, it's not even really that fun. But dear God, those other things down there, those are just miserable. Um, that's the unfortunate way that dopamine works and why it's important to work on our dopamine levels. That's why meditation is so, that's the reason why meditation is both so tough and so powerful. That's why yoga, I mean, yoga is, um, it's yoga. I consider yoga as meditation that's possible for the average person to get into. Um, I mean, me and my wife, we've Never, oddly enough, we've never really been able to do yoga at home, except when we had a Roku attached to the TV to have yoga on the TV. I don't know why, but that appears to be what we need. Uh, but yoga is amazing because it, it, it forces you to focus on what you're doing and less on what's in your head. It focuses you to breathe. It focus, it forces you to uh, be in the moment. And that allows your dopamine levels to start healing so that reading is more tolerable so that, um, 
the amount of dopamine that a loved one gets is more noticeable. Um, like, it's ironic how important nothing is. And I'll, it, one of the things that's hard with drinking water is it's so boring. It's just not interesting enough. And I'll do things to my water to make it more interesting, like um, adding uh, one drop of ingestible grade peppermint oil, um, celery, uh, multivitamin, uh, or, you know, uh, you know, herbs and other things. But that moment of drinking water um, is so important. Because in that moment, you know, this is my water bottle. Because in that moment, it's a moment of nothingness. And a moment of nothingness, we think it has no value, but it has every value because it, those are the only moments where our dopamine levels are ability to heal, not just when we get to um, rest and digest mode. Um, but handling our dopamine levels requires our own active decision to do nothing. And zoning out to, to social media or Facebook is not nothing. That, that is actually chasing the highest level of dopamine level release we have available. So if we can learn to see water as a beautiful moment of nothingness for the sake of decreasing our dopamine levels, for the sake of being able to enjoy life again, then I think it becomes more worth it. wanted to cheesily add that in there um but yeah and there's a lot of amazing videos out there a lot of amazing people out there that talk about dopamine levels and how we can overcome it there's also a lot of amazing people out there that talk about the key to product productivity is doing less not more because too often than not we'll try to multitask and worry about so many things at once that we can't even do the thing that we're doing we can't even be the place that we're at um, I like guess there, there's a lot of amazing breakthroughs in technology and healing that we should really take advantage of. And sometimes when I'm having an off day, what has really helped me, it used just to be like watching YouTube, but even that has gotten to a point where it, had, it just doesn't do anything anymore. Um, so whenever I have like a down day, I like to just watch some TED Talks, you know, or some inspiring videos. Because more often than not, the cause for our down days is going to be our own healthy amounts of doubt. It's going to be our own worries for the world at large. And just listening to logic, you know, oftentimes can help us rekindle our hope that we as a human species, as ourselves, do have what it takes to overcome our pain, to overcome our diseases, and to overcome, you know tough conditions out there in our world. And I know right now things could easily get more crazy. Um, we've never really experienced anything like this in history. Um, and all I can, all I can really do right now is try to get out material about like reasoning and, um, justness and decency and whatnot, and just hope that maybe in my own small way I can help. But more importantly than elections and who wins and who doesn't is that we as a species, as, as people, as individuals, learn to deal with our own self-care. Because that's the only way we're ever going to have peace. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter who controls the presidency, House and Senate and Supreme Court. It doesn't matter if these internal, internal wars are driving us all apart anyway. The only thing that will happen going forward 
is that without dealing with stress itself, without dealing with pain, we're only going to fall more and more divided, more and more apart. And then what could happen is anyone's guess. I would also say it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what krakens of the deep could be lurking in our potential future. It's irrelevant. What does matter is that we build work on building the land with that, um, beneath us instead of worrying about, about potential monsters of the deep. Um, as a master healer, I'll often tell my clients, problems are irrelevant, or I have um, an opening affirmation where I say, um, I am, uh, you know, you are calm water drifting down a river, gently and smoothly overcoming your obstacles to solutions, just like a peaceful river over rocks, without hesitation, drama, anger, wasted time or energy. For in this world, you realize that problems and obstacles cannot be cashed at any bank, and thus only solutions matter, and just like that peaceful river, you, yourself, are able to better and better work towards solutions without, with less and less time getting caught up in worry, drama. And as a society, it's my hope we can also become like a peaceful river, gently working towards solutions um, without unnecessary drama. And sometimes, yes, we do need to raise our voice, but with stress and anger in our way, we don't really know what we should be raising our voice to. Um, and that's why self-improvement, um, can become its own cautionary tale when it's done from a place of anger. If we can all chill out, heal, um, and follow this path of wellness, only then do we have a chance to truly walk a societal path towards a future that's more worth living for all of us. Um, uh, but yeah, the so back to the enchaining process, you know, do what you can to get out of debt. I mean, no one keeps debt for a reason, but sometimes we do get windfalls of money and it's important that we use it to pay things off instead of trying to have short-term fun. Um, and obviously a lot of us are responsible. It's just that with every passing year, wages are just not keeping up with standards of living, especially in bigger cities. Um, okay. um, but it's important to treat our own wellness, our own chaining process seriously. Um, a lot of us too often, more often than not, will have very negative languages. Uh, or negative things that we'll say in our heads. We'll say, I suck, you know, I, I'm i horrible, I'm a fraud. Um, I mean, I have my own times when I doubt myself. I know in person I'm a good healer, but when it comes to trying to help people from a distance through books, and I don't know how good I am, I don't know. I can only hope, you know, and one thing I tell myself, you know, if... I'm not hearing back from agents or whatever it is that I'm trying to personally grow at. I tell myself, well, I just need to get better. And then one day I'll be good enough and strong enough that my voice can help people. 
and and I'm sure, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there, a lot of especially personal clients that I've helped a lot and in very deep and meaningful and lasting ways, you know, but I can't help but to wonder if someone listens to my podcast or watches my, um, one of my episodes, how much can I really help their lives? And, but that's the example that self doubt doesn't help us produce. It only slows us down. Fall forward, you know, be willing to make those be mistakes, be willing to fail, be willing to be uncomfortable. Um, but more often than not, be willing to cool down on that negative internal language because our words become true. Like if a wife is wondering why, you know, partly why there's not as much romance in the relationship as they'd like, one thing that they should ask is, are they spending more times, more time beating themselves up than they are building themselves up? Are they spending more time calling themselves fat and ugly than they're spending? Um, and well, yet yeah, this, yes, a wellness buddy can help, but we also have to be willing to take some personal responsibility for our own internal language. And it's hard. You know, this is not one thing you have to wait till you fix before you go on to the next step. But it has to be something that over time you're willing to address, that over time that you're willing to tell yourself that you can do it. Uh, most successful surgeons, actors, you know, in the world, you don't see behind the scenes, but most of them are telling, give themselves pep talks of, hey, I'm going to have a good um, speech tonight. Hey, I'm going to get through this. Hey, um, this is going to go well. We have to be willing to do the same for ourselves, to give ourselves these pep talks, even if we're paralyzed in bed and we can't do anything else other than saying one day, I will do more wellness activities. So be it. Whatever your next inch is, own it. Be proud of it. Take pride of it. No matter what you used to be able to do in the past, it's irrelevant. Stay in your lane. Stay in the present. It's irrelevant what you used to do. And you used to be able to do more because you used to be able in more motion. Um, you used to be able to do everything from... Uh, studying more, to producing more, to being able to have more sex, just because you were in more motion. And because you're in more motion, you had a stronger center, you were able to love more, um, depending on how much stress you might have been at the time and so forth. Like, love at first sight is only possible if both people are in rest and digest mode, which is why it's becoming rare and rare. Because that instance of that simple look into someone else's eyes and seeing them for who they are, despite what they might appear to be. is something that we have to get back. Um, you know, trying to lessen complaints, uh, as an exercise, we can all write down on a piece of paper on the left things that we enjoy and on the right things that annoy us. We're going to find as our brain and survival dictates, we're going to be more focused on things that annoy us or things that we feel threaten our survival. After all, it threatens your survival, right? Should you not then focus more on it? No, because the more we focus on, focus on negativity, the more negative we become and then the more likely we become to make other mistakes and actions that then add negativity to our, to our own and others' lives. Um, including stepping our toe to um, engaging in a brand or a campaign that ends up oppressing instead of 
helping. Um, yeah, inflammation. Uh, mentioned that it's earlier on the list, but it's such a critical one that we have to be willing to be motivated to overcome because it will increase agitation. It will kill our energy. Um, just like if you're stressed, you're not going to be doing much else. Same thing. Like if you're suffering from inflation, you're not going to be doing much else. Um, but the good news is that simply walking the wellness path helps directly with uh, inflammation. And again, I encourage everyone out there to Google your own, um, you know, uh, inflammation dyes out there. Do your own research because um, I'm never going to have all the answers. Um, and I never want to appear like someone knows a lot about politics and health. I just know a lot of critical stuff. Um, and who knows? Some of them could be wrong. I'm always happy to hear from people. Um, but as far as this chapter of Unchaining... Um, truly, it's a beautiful thing to do. And it's something we have to be, give ourselves the permission to do. And see your therapist and do the various actions that can help unchain. Because the better we can unchain, the more freed up energy we're going to have for climbing, for growing, and for manifesting our results. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I am done with having, with spending so much time and energy just holding myself down, just like the two rivers, two monks in the river. Um, for everyone out there, um, always know that you're welcome to reach out to us. Uh, if you ever need help on chaining, if you ever, um, hopefully on our website soon, we'll have more resources for therapists and other YouTube videos and so on on our YouTube channel that we have. Soon we'll have, um, various playlists for unchaining for each of these different parts of the wellness activities and others that we find helpful. Um, and no matter how, at what speed you're working in your wellness, even if you're only able to do a small change, um, it's okay. You know, whatever your speed is, okay, own it, be proud of it, regardless of what you used to be able to do. Um, cause all that matters is, is our present. It's a gift. And what we do with it. And we have to be willing to stop letting it go to drowning ourselves with short-term solutions like social media, alcohol, video games, and so on. That only makes things worse in the long run. That only overloads our dopamine levels and makes it impossible to enjoy anything else. Not saying that we can't have any alcohol or video games, sure. But just not to a point where it overstimulates you where you can't even enjoy that thing anymore either. Everything in moderation. Like the Chinese saying, of, of too much of a good thing is a bad thing. You know, every, anything in moderation, except maybe for poison. Um, but you get the idea. So I'm confident, and I believe in all of you, that you have the power to slowly unchain yourself. And it's going to be a process. And from this point forward, you know, you might only be able to do a little bit before you have to move on and then repeat kind of like as an upward spiral instead of the downward spiral that stress, dopamine levels, pain, um, anxiety, depression will put us down because the, um, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Uh, spasm, spasm pain cycle where the more pain you're in, the more likely to get further trigger points. Um, which in its uh, extremity becomes fibromyalgia. But just like 
things in life could get more challenging, we will always have the power within us to overcome them step by step. And if we can overcome our chains, chain by chain, then all of our goals and dreams are going to get better. And the one thing to remember about any of these wellness activities, including therapy, again, is that you may not see immediate results, especially because you're facing the inertia of um, wellness itself, that and that everything in this universe suffers from inertia, and it requires more effort to get it into motion. But once it gets into motion, it requires less effort for more gains. And we have to be willing to push through the beginning phase of our wellness journey, knowing that it may require a lot of effort inside our minds. We might be like, ah, I'm going to drink that water. But in reality, all others might see is, you know, we have to be willing to expect that phase of the inertia phase and trust ourselves that knowing more than anything else, more than trying to do some new fad or some new thing in a rush, to instead take on simple changes that we can do, just getting a little healthier, drinking a little less Pepsi, a little less hot wings, you know, and a little more fruits, a little more vegetables, trying to make these small changes into a habit that then gains its own inertia over time. Um, and again, everyone out there, uh, we are always there for you and we wish you all the best and never give up, never surrender on your own wellness.